Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We're here this week to discuss the free agency market, what our needs are, what we're going to go get, what players excite us, who are we hoping the Ravens can re-sign. It's going to be a lot of stuff, lots of positions here. What do you guys think we need most? Well, I'm looking at the list that we've all came up with uh, in the notes before we started this, and it seems like we are all in agreement of four positional needs that the Ravens need. And then each of us threw in a, uh, a fifth wild card need just to be different, I guess. We'll get to that. Um, That's why I changed mine to be different. <laughs> yeah, Alex is uh, is very <laughs> different. I'm really curious to hear him explain <laughs> that one when we get to it. But the, our lists are pretty similar for the top four. And at the top of all of our lists and probably... If, I would wager to guess 96% of the fan base's list right now is pass rush. Any position that will player that can give the Ravens a pass rush would be <laughs> greatly appreciated. And, you know, the Ravens can't get too many of those guys, especially with um, we're going to get to all the players that can be free agents. Well, currently are free agents. The Ravens need to re-sign them if they want them back. But vast majority of last year's pass rush was contributed by Matthew Judon, who is on the open market right now and is going to be commanding a very large contract. Yeah, I mean, throughout the year, Peter, I mean, that was, you know, like you said, everyone knows that that was kind of like the huge glaring weakness of this team and huge credit to like Wink Martindale for being able to scheme around that with our incredible depth of uh, cornerbacks which is actually on my top five because, uh, you know, as you guys know, Jimmy Smith uh, is a free agent this year as well. Brandon Carr is a team option, so we don't know if he's going to be back. But, yeah, I mean, you know, (laughs) I remember watching the Super Bowl and seeing San Francisco's front seven, and, and man, what a incredible difference, you know, premier pass rushers at, like, every position on the defensive line makes when you have a team like that. But then when you have a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you don't end up winning the Super Bowl. So uh, my point Ooh. is we've got the QB and Lamar Jackson, but we need those pass rushers to really round out the defense. And, you know, I think we're all in agreement here. That is our number one priority um, from a free agency, you know, draft perspective. We need to find guys to get after the quarterback. Yeah, and I think that if the Ravens are able to do that, like you said, uh, Chris, that Wink Martindale had to really scheme up a lot of blitzes last year. Ravens blitzed last year on 54.5% of their defensive plays I'm seeing right here from Pro Football Focus, which is vastly ahead of the second place team on that list, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 43.9%. And, you know, if the Ravens are able to get players in the vein of Matthew Judon or or the old Ravens pass rushers like Terrell Suggs and Peter Bolwer, Bart Scott, those guys, then that's going to really free up the what you can do on defense because then you can just open up the playbook because you don't have to manufacture the pass rush as much through all these these schemes. So it's definitely a position that if the Ravens are able to not just retain Judon, but get an additional guy or two, either through free agency or the draft, it's going to help the overall defense as a unit and probably improve the production of some other guys on that defense just by, you know, having more reliable guys to help them out. I think 
after that, it gets a little bit more uh, mixed and matched. You guys both had interior linebacker uh, or inside linebacker as uh, as your pick, but I said interior offensive line. And my reason for that is because even if Yonda doesn't retire, it's not uncommon for someone on your line to get injured. And we have to get ready for the inevitability that he will retire one day. And they usually take some time to, uh, well, I guess from a free agency perspective, it doesn't take time. But if you draft him, it takes time for them to develop. So that's why I put interior O-line as my number two. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I do agree. I think I, I saw an article, I forget who po- posted it, but it was some Raven site that was um, basically saying that whether or whether or not Marshall Yonda plays next season for the Ravens is going to have a huge impact on the Ravens offseason. I disagree for the reason you just said. Whether or not Yonda plays next year, you've got to have a guy ready to take over for him ASAP. Because, I mean, you don't... His play could drop off just from age or injuries. You know, Yonda's suffered a lot through his career. And, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, probably, when he's retired. But, you know, still age and, and injuries catches up to every player. The only reason I put inside linebackers slightly higher on my list is because the Ravens might have a replacement in Ben Powers. You know, we don't know too much what they're doing with him. He hardly played last year, though he did have a good showcase against the Steelers in that final game of the year. So the replacement might already be on the roster. And the fact that Powers is a low draft pick, I mean, Yonda was a was either a third or fourth round pick. Third round pick. Third round pick, right. Ravens have had a lot of success grooming late round draft p- picks into offensive linemen. Mulatalo, Mike Flynn, Casey Robick. So holding out hope that they can groom Powers to be that guy. But with inside linebacker, the Ravens don't have anyone um, who's even a candidate to be a young replacement. Kenny Young is gone. Chris Board was insanely disappointing last year. You got LJ Fort, but LJ Fort's really, you know, he's slightly older and he's really just a situational guy. Great in the situations they put him in. But yeah, it's, it feels weird because middle linebacker, obviously, all those years with Ray Lewis. And then you had Darrell Smith and CJ Mosley after that. Ravens have always had a plethora of linebackers, but inside linebacker is probably their thinnest position right now. And we've struggled to draft it as of late. We've had a lot of swings and misses in the insider linebacker position. I will say something, though, that I will say uh, Kemi Cusick, a film study, mentioned recently is that now that we have Chuck Clark locked up for several more years and he's been doing a great job with the green dot, if the inside linebacker position doesn't need to be the green dot guy, then you can actually have a little bit more flexibility using it situationally like you would with the will. And it makes a cheaper position because whenever Mosley got hurt, our whole defense really faltered and you don't have that as big of a problem if it's more of a rotational position. So I thought that was kind of interesting uh, and I kind of like that take, that perspective on it. So that's uh, something else to consider. Yeah. I mean, like Peter said, though, I mean, we're a little short on depth now. So, I mean, there there probably needs to you know, be somebody that's brought in, uh, whether it's a guy, yes. you know, that we, we already know, like Josh Bynes, um, he's a free agent. You know, if it's him and uh, we draft somebody else, I know uh, several mock drafts have uh, 
inside linebackers going to us, whether it's uh, uh, Murray, uh, I think, from Oklahoma, or Queen from LSU. Both those guys have been linked to us in a couple of drafts. That would be my ideal, I think, if we could draft a guy who we were really high on and then bring in a vet probably for you know on the lower price i don't know if binds or you know there are a couple other names we have on this list that probably would also be some good fits but yeah i I think that would probably be like if if i had to guess how the ravens were going to do it that would be my preferred thing draft a guy bring in a um a savvy vet and you know that'll be your uh inside linebacker position another position we all had on the list third for myself and alec fourth for chris is the wide receiver position that's an interesting one to talk about because you've got some young guys there. You've got Hollywood Brown, obviously, who looks like he's going to be a stud. Miles Boykin, he's got a ton of untapped potential, but that's the thing. You know, potential is, isn't worthwhile until it's realized. <laughs> and then outside of that, you've got Willie Sneed, who, you know, does everything he's asked of as a great team player, but isn't keeping defenses up at night. And... That's it with Seth Roberts and Chris Moore as uh, free agents. Well, sorry. Uh, how can pre-season, I forget our, Preseason king. How Jaleel can Scott. I forget about our good friend Jaleel Scott? Jaleel Scott is there. It'll be interesting to see if he gets a bigger shot next year with the expected departures of Chris Moore and Seth Roberts. But one of the things that some commentary came out of that game was that it seemed like the Ravens were missing... You know, a guy like in the past where you had like Anquan Bolden or Steve Smith as a guy you could, the quarterback could just lock into when the rest of the offense is is not really clicking. I don't know if I agree that the Ravens are missing that. You know, Mark Andrews and is was a pro bowler this year. Uh, Marquise Brown had, I think, didn't he have 150 yards in that playoff game? But 126. 126. Yeah, yeah, close. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking at it the other day. It might not be exactly it, but it's pretty close. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll get to who's available, but not too much better than what they've got out there on the open market right now. I think all the talent necessary for the wide receiver position already exists on the roster. However, I could see one or two guys that make a lot of sense and feel very Eric dacosti to bring in. Uh, maybe even Ozzie Newsome because we have a lot more experience with that regime. But <laughs> I, I think they feel very Ravens pickups. Uh, so I did a lot of looks into the wide receivers, and I'll be sharing that later. Would you like to hear my ridiculous number five that everyone thinks is crazy? <laughs> We're going to go to yours last because I feel okay. like Chris and I gave more <laughs> realistic um, needs yeah. here. No, you're going to like it. I'm going to convince you it's a good idea. <laughs> All right. It's 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 not bad, but before we go there, um for from the wide receivers, so why don't why don't we have a little bit more discussion going here? So what let's let's go around here. So what do you guys think the Ravens are looking for out of a wide receiver, you know, if that is a top priority for the team? What do, what do you think they're looking for? I think we need to save that for the wide receiver part, man. It's gonna blow my uh my picks. <laughs> well you don't have to pick you don't have to pick anybody, but just tell tell me what okay, well yeah, tell me tell me your ideal pick without telling me the name of this person or the team they played for or anything remotely about them. Just like tell me what they're I, looking for. In general, you know my take on wide receiver. I want a guy who snags the ball out of the air. And I don't really care if they're fast because Hollywood's fast and Miles Boykin is fast. I just want them to snag the ball out of the air. I want it to be a comfort zone for Lamar. He's just like, where's this guy? Boom, there he is. Here's the ball. You know what I mean? 
just like he feels that way with uh, Mark Andrews. I want someone who inspires confidence in the quarterback. How about that? That's my number one criteria. The quarterback is confident in their play. All right. All right. Peter, what about you? For me, I want someone who's a veteran guy who's been around the league, but you know he's willing to to take a backseat to Hollywood Brown and to Mark Andrews and just kind of be you know the the mentor guy for these guys. But in a game when both those guys are struggling, is dependable with his route running and hands to to take over that role. I think that the wide receiver and tight end room is very young on this team and has a lot of potential, but I think the right veteran guy, you know, kind of like what Mark Ingram was this year for the team could really help that room's development and their uh just um just helping Lamar just relax a little bit in these uh big playoff games. Well, I don't know, but it sounds like to me that you guys want another Anquan Bolden. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I want him to f- be feisty, too. Add that to my list. <laughs> I mean, Anquan Bolden was probably my favorite Ravens free agent si- signing of all time, so I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, you know, the funny thing is, too, is that, you know, when we got Willie Sneed, he'd only been in the league for two or three years at that time. So, I mean, he was kind of a vet, but not really the vet that you would – you know, traditionally think of the Ravens picking up, you know, especially at the wide receiver position. Anquan Bolden was in the, in the league for several years, I think at least five years, uh, with the Cardinals before he came over here. Steve Smith was with the Panthers for forever before he came over. It would definitely be interesting to see if we have a guy like that who could, um, you know, help those guys out a little bit, especially a guy like Miles Boykin, who, um, you know, like you said earlier, Peter, he's got a ton of potential, but it's all unrealized yet. And, uh, you know, having somebody to help him able to take that next step you know we could certainly be uh you know in a lot better position next year if 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 we already had all that talent kind of already on the roster but switching gears so peter you and i seemed like had a a pretty similar take on our our fifth position here so i said cornerback and you said safety i was actually originally said safety you know because of uh the recent news with uh, tony jefferson being released i realized oh yeah we need a little bit more depth there and uh, although we love the guy, Deshaun Elliott has a, a little bit of a <laughs> trouble staying on the field. <laughs> but, um, you know, I also realized that quarterback may be uh, very different next year. So we might need some additional depth there as well. Yeah, I, I mean, it's at first when he wrote that down, I was like, I didn't think cornerback was such a big need. But then, you know, it's, it's really easy to forget the Ravens were, were absolutely stacked at cornerback last year. And right now, as it stands going into this year, you've got Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters as locks. Brandon Carr is that that option, like you said, and the Ravens could cut him for some additional cap room. And, you know, he's another year older. He could slow down. Tavon Young was very good as a slot corner in 2018, but coming off a season-ending injury, you know, you assume he's back, but you don't really know what type of player you're getting back at that point. And then we don't know if the Ravens are going to re-sign Jimmy Smith. So yeah, I mean, this position could be could look a lot different, like you said. And then I put down safety for the reason you said. You know, Deshaun Elliott still a question mark at this point. You know, he's made some some big hits in preseason. He's got the hype train rolling, but you know, hasn't shown too much in games yet. And then you also got to wonder 
how much Earl Thomas has left in the tank. I feel like he had he had a very good year last year, and it's but there's still like a couple plays now and then, and the playoff game in particular. Not saying that the playoff game was his fault, but I think a lot of Ravens fans got a little irked with him when he was talking up how the the Patriots didn't tackle Derrick Henry and the Ravens were going to do such a better job. And then, you know, Earl Thomas got, you know, totally destroyed by Derrick Henry in that game on more than one occasion. I'm not sure how much this guy has left in the tank. I'm assuming he's still going to have a good year next year, but how many more seasons after that? So I think the Ravens need to also start thinking, if not this year, in some years coming up, who is going to be a replacement uh, for Thomas. Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys that quarterback and safety are both incredibly important. They feel like more draft things than free agency, and you might agree with that. You always want to have more of those guys. Particularly, I agree with safety. We need to start grooming Earl Thomas's replacement now. Uh, similar to how Chuck Clark was waiting for a while, you know, to get his chance. You got to groom those guys for a bit of time, particularly if they're going to be a later round draft pick. Are you guys ready for my big reveal? My big, my big pick? I feel like we've overhyped it, but yes, please, <laughs> please explain. <laughs> so this is definitely not a free agency pickup. Sorry. Uh, it's definitely more of a draft one. So I said tight end, and it's a twofold reason for this. I feel like it might even be more a halfback position. The rationale for this is I don't see a situation where we keep Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews on the roster when their contracts are due. I think they'll both want to be the premier tight end in their situation. Correct me if you think that's wrong. And I also think this offense, this scheme, depends upon... Ricard as a tight end uh, slash fullback slash halfback slash defensive tackle slash everything, right? And he could use a backup. So I think his skill set is more naturally found in tight end, and that makes sense. So I'm thinking they draft a tight end this year, or they bring somebody in camp that they're kind of keen on, and I wouldn't be shocked if they keep another tight end on the roster. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it. Just because of you know the type of offense that Greg Roman wants to run, I mean, obviously we need all the tight ends that we can get. Uh, we got fairly lucky last year when we didn't really have too many significant injuries. I mean, Andrews, you know, was out a hand like you know two games, but like one here or there. It, it didn't really bother us too much. Now uh, you know Boyle got banged up in the uh, playoff game, and so we definitely missed him. I think more than uh, you know more than we miss Andrews because. I think Boyle Boyle's definitely like the I think the most unique player in what he brings to the rushing offense. Whereas I think with with Andrews, I mean, just you know, he's not as good of a blocker, and Hayden Hurst I think can do some of the things that he can do in the passing game. So I could kind of see that. I think it's going to be really difficult to carry four tight ends on the roster, though. And to be honest, like you know, we did see some good things from some of the other tight ends in preseason. So, you know, I'm not, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know if we need to like actually spend a draft pick on a tight end this year. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we did, but you know, I, I don't think there was anything bad from what we saw from the tight ends last year to say that they could step in for, you know, a handful of games if, you know, Boyle or uh, Ricard were to, you know, miss some time. 
Yeah, I I agree with you, Chris. Um, not not to say that I disagree with what Alex saying, but I think I think that's looking two or three years uh, early into when the Ravens might want to make that move. I agree. While, while you have at least two more years left on Hurston Andrews' contract, I think it's a perfect time to, to evaluate. You know who what guys are currently on the practice squad or. You know, maybe maybe an undrafted free agent guy, but probably won't be something the Ravens spend a, a draft pick on this year. Honestly, I would probably put tight end as the bottom need for the Ravens this year. Um, only over, the only uh, need I think is lower than tight end is kicker. <laughs> I would even put quarterback as as a higher need because I still have questions on unlikely event that Lamar has to take significant time off. I'm not sure if I really trust RG3 or Trace McSquirrelly to replicate the offense at even a, f- a fraction of the efficiency that we saw from Lamar this year. But yeah, we'll see We'll see what the Ravens do. I guess now we want to talk about some of the guys who are on the open market that that the Ravens might, uh, might take a gander on this year. Certainly no shortage of... Uh, of pass rushers will be available if the Ravens don't want to re-sign Matthew Judon. But I don't know. I guess to start with on this topic, even let's suppose that the Ravens have to pay Matt Judon the contract that Zadarius Smith got last year. Do we think that Matthew Judon is worth that money? <sighs> right now, no. I didn't even think Zadarius Smith was worth that money when he got it. I mean, he played very well this year so it seems like he's he's worth it but who knows right I mean you know he could have uh he could come crashing down to earth next year and it would have been known as a totally bust signing you know we we really don't know you really won't know until the end of the contract whether it was a good signing or not for Judon man like if you if you had if if I I were a betting man which I'm not uh, you guys know, like I only do fantasy. Alec does <laughs> fan duel all the time. You know, he's 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 the betting man. But you know, if I had to put money on it, I'd say for this year, I think Judon's definitely going to be tagged. I, I I just I don't I don't see a way that the Ravens are going to spend the money on a huge free agent signing on a pass rusher if it's not Judon. I I don't see a way that you basically bring a guy in like that and let Judon walk. I think the more likely scenario is you have to tag Judon, give him another year, see what stats he puts up this year. Well, actually, one, I mean, I guess you got to see if he'll play on the tag because uh, that could be its own problem. But he'd be making more money than what he's making now. So he's still making money. He doesn't have that long-term deal yet. But, you know, if I'm the Ravens, I'm looking at him like, look, this guy's super consistent, but he's not like he's not dominant enough for us to put a ton of money in him. But the problem that the Ravens have is they don't have anybody else who – you know, could come even close to his production right now because we don't have anybody close to that. So, I mean, for me, like, I feel like you got to tag him. You got to try and draft somebody. Maybe you bring in one of the lower tier free agents. Um, Jod Ward is a guy who played this year and seemed to be pretty, you know, pretty good in the positions that he were in. I'm not sure how much more of a ceiling he has. I mean, maybe the Ravens think he does. They certainly like him. You know, but if we could bring in a guy like that or, you know, somebody for a reasonable price to be able to, you know, add like a complimentary piece in there, I think that would probably be the way to go. I just don't see, you know, Earl Thomas last year was the big free agent signing for the Ravens. Nobody, nobody expected it. 
Uh, I certainly didn't. I, I really, I, I just really can't see the Ravens doing that again this year with with a pass rusher. I I just, you know, anybody out there like I feel like isn't as significantly more dominant than Judon is. Mm. And like you know, Judon's kind of the guy you know, so you kind of should stick with him. You may not stick with him for a long term deal, but like stick with him for another year and then you know move on at that point. Yeah, I I agree with you that I I I'm not certain I, I would want to give Judon that that big of a a contract right now. I'm just thinking back to Ravens pass rushers of of past years, and I don't know. I mean, Judon's definitely a a very good talent in this league it just he just doesn't feel like he he's as good as some of the guys that have come through here before and maybe some of that is just you know enough time has passed to make guys like like Peter Bulware or Dalius Thomas uh look more mythical than than what we see in in the present where we're watching all of Judon's successes and and misses but yeah I don't I don't know how comfortable I am giving him that big a contract. Now, you know, the best case scenario would have been Tyus Bowser and Tim Williams both developed into at least league average pass rushers, and then you could just replace both Smith and Judon with those guys. But as we know, Tim Williams is off the team, and Bowser is only showing flashes and is nowhere near the consistency of of a guy like Judon. So... Yeah, I think this is the the most interesting thing to watch in the entire Ravens offseason is what happens with Judon and what happens with, with the pass rush outside of that. Judon is an absolutely fascinating character in the story that is the Baltimore Ravens franchise, right? You guys have shown that you're not so sure where we should go with this guy. I have very similar opinions, right? <laughs> Damn it. I, no, but listen, I, I, no, I will say I have very similar, but I have a take. Ready? All right. <laughs> very similar, but there's a take here. So Matthew Judon, I like the guy. I like the player. He's not a game changer. He wants game changer money. When I look at the free agency list, there might be one guy, two guys that feel more game breaker potential than Matthew Judon. With that being said, they're going to be a lot of money too. The Ravens front office has expressed interest in making back Matthew Judon. They have said it. They they ushered his name. On Twitter, Matthew Judon has said that he's going to be looking for work with his good buddy, Tony Jefferson, who got cut. What does that mean? More mystery, right? This is the biggest mystery of the offseason. This is the thing, guys. You got to try before you buy. We tried with Matthew Judon. We didn't extend him. We didn't buy I think they feel just the same as we do. They don't know what to do with this guy. We're not going to sign him. I don't even know if we're going to tag him. Because even though the tag sounds like a good idea, tag and trade, that feels nice. I don't know. I think I think we just let him walk. And this is not a good option when you're like, oh my gosh, we need to improve the pass rush. He's the only good pass rusher. I know. I know, and maybe we do sign somebody on this list, like uh, a JVI Clowney. But I think this team is smart, and I'm not saying signing Judon's a bad idea. I just think, like I was talking to you guys before the show, free agency is a band aid. 
It doesn't like fix your roster. You usually have to overpay for a guy and all teams have to do it here and there. But if I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay for a guy like Clowney. I'm not going to pay for a guy like Judon and I'm going to go all in on this rather than pay a lot of money for a guy who I feel like is not a game changer. I feel like he's good, but he's not great. And that's 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 where I stand with him. I hate to say it because I actually really like the guy, like I like his pressers, I like his his uh, enthusiasm, his his smile, his giggle. But uh, I just I don't think it makes sense. The interesting counter argument to this is you know the one we were discussing with uh, correspondent Kfish back uh, when we were recapping the Week 17 game, and this got on topic. I can't remember how, but we were talking about should the Ravens have re-signed Zedarius Smith? And we said at the time, I said at least, that I thought it made perfect sense for the Ravens to let Smith walk because you knew you were going to have to pay either Zedarius or Matthew Judon that big money. And at the time, Judon looked like the more consistent of the two if you had to pick one of the two to get that money. And it most certainly looked like the Packers overpaid for Smith, but he had a year this year that you could argue... Somehow this guy got snubbed from the Pro Bowl, even though he played for a nationally, you know, a team that gets a ton of national exposure in the Green Bay Packers. But yeah, led the league in quarterback hits, 13 and a half sacks, more production than we saw of him in Baltimore. But he, at least in that first year, had lived up to that contract. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Alec. It, I think the, the biggest question mark for me is whether the Ravens would, you know, back up the 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 Brinks truck for another one of these <laughs> pass rushers. Obviously, you know, we have more cap room than they've had in a while, but it's not really enough. I mean, if you look at the rest of the league, I think we're still in the bottom third of uh, available cap space. So it's not like we have a ton of money that we can just throw around. So you still got to be somewhat, you know, prudent with it. I, I think if you did let Judon walk, there might be a scenario where we could pick up a guy on the defensive line who might have a little bit more pass rush savvy. You know, maybe somebody like a Calais Campbell or Derek Wolf out of Denver. You know, those guys are mostly D-line players, uh, defensive end players, you know, and they can be good for at least six sacks. Um, Wolf is actually a guy I've I think the Ravens should really consider because I don't think he's going to be too expensive uh, from a contract perspective whereas Calais Campbell might be a little bit more expensive he's kind of the bigger name but uh you know if you got like a guy like that and then you re-sign somebody like a Jihad Ward or somebody else who you know kind of like that second tier of pass rusher maybe you might get close to a Judon player if you do that but again you know it's kind of tough because we don't have any we basically have like nobody in house right now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who can significantly replace Judon's stats. So, you know, I, I just think there's there's definitely more of a risk, too, in bringing in multiple guys for it. I mean, I think DaCosta ended up getting lucky with a lot of these in-season signings where, you know, he'd bring in a guy or two, like, you know, we talked about Josh Bynes or LJ Ford and Damato Pecco. They brought in all these guys and they contributed and they had, like, these awesome, you know, contributions to the team you know when you're going through the rush of free agency and trying to pick up a guy it becomes much harder to find these guys because you have to spend more money to get them you know for me 
Judon feels like the safer option, even with just the tag. You know, and you know, maybe there's another chance that this guy can take another step and become that game breaker. I would be willing to give him another year to to try and try and do that. You know, if it makes sense, if if the Ravens don't feel you know good about anybody else on the market, give Judon another shot, and and then we can you know continue to have this discussion next year. <laughs> Tagging's not the worst option. It's only a one year commitment, and I don't think he's going to get any more money after another year. I mean, yeah, I guess if he breaks out, he gets like a ton of money, but we probably don't sign him anyways at that point, right? Yeah. Like, so I I, I don't hate that option. I'll I'll just say I don't hate that option. But what I really would hate is to watch Jihad Ward leave this team. I definitely want him back. And I'd also be really keen on seeing Pernell McPhee come back, who's also a free agent. I'd really like to see both those guys come back and contribute. I think Jihad Ward's the number one person just because he's a little bit younger, and I think he has a lot of potential. And there's actually a pretty good clip that I could put in the show notes of him getting uh, slim, so to speak, um, and, and they kind of compared him to... Ferguson and how he has some of that savvy of a veteran. Yeah, Ward is definitely a guy that, that I agree with you. The Ravens should bring back because he's not going to command a big contract. And this guy was a former second round pick, flamed out in Oakland and the Indianapolis. But last year, you look at his stats; they look insanely pedestrian and not terribly much going on there. But the Ravens knew how to use this guy, and he did help the pass rush in ways beyond what shows up on the stat sheet. And if the Ravens are able to figure out how to unlock the potential this, that this guy had coming into the league, then you've got an effective pass rusher on the cheap. So that's, we're talking about how you're going to have to shell out money for an established guy. You don't have that problem. Like you were saying, if you're able to find guys before they become that and take advantage of their rookie years or their cheap contract years. <laughs> yeah. Or extensions like Chuck Clark. What a brilliant extension. I thought it was, was going to take a lot more money than that, but he's barely making more than 5 million a year. Only 10 million of it's guaranteed. What a great signing. Ah, oh, Chuck Clark. Congratulations on, you know, making your, your money, but you'll be young again. Next time you can have a chance to make money. And, uh, but yeah, you, you earned it, but I felt like you earned even more. If he keeps it up, you know, he definitely could be in line to get another contract, if not from the Ravens, from somebody else. Spinning off a little bit, uh, we did the outside linebackers. So another one we probably want to get into is defensive line. Because, I, you know, as we know, pass rush can really come from anywhere. Um, but the two, you know, positional groups it comes from the most would be outside linebackers and uh, the guys on the defensive line. So the, the D-line, I think, is super interesting because the one free agent actually we haven't talked about who might be leaving Baltimore is Michael Pierce. And, you know, I think that's going to be particularly interesting because we don't really have another guy behind him who would step into that role to take all those snaps up. The guy who came in for a couple games, Damata Pecco, he's also a free agent. So, you know, no guarantee that the Ravens bring him back or whether he wants to come back. I mean, the guy basically came out of retirement to play for us for a year because he thought we were going to get a ring and that didn't happen. But maybe, you know, maybe you want to come back. Uh, it seemed like he had a good time with the Ravens. You know, the Ravens seemed to like him. He uh, performed pretty well. So that might be kind of like a low cost way to, re- to, you know, to replace Pierce. I'm kind of the opinion that I, I feel like Pierce is going to walk. I just, 
you know, I, I feel like another team is going to value him more than what we would be willing to bring him back at. And, you know, it's, I feel like it's kind of hard to justify spending so much money between, you know, Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce when you know the weakness of this team really is like pass rush from, you know, from the D line. I don't know. It feels like to me that you probably want to upgrade in the draft, bring in another free agent, maybe replace Michael Pierce with like a, um, you know, a rotation of like, you know, a not so good run stuffer, maybe like 80% of the run stuffer that Pierce is, but then have another guy who might be able to add like significant amount of pass rush, you know, kind of rotate between those two guys. So I don't know. What do you guys, what do do you guys think? If we had to bring in somebody to upgrade that position group, who, uh, who would you guys pick? Well, one guy uh, that we didn't talk much about this year at all because he didn't even make the field is uh, Daylon Mack, who the Ravens drafted in the fifth round last year and is a giant question mark for this team. Went through some injuries over the year, and the guy is uh, listed at 6'1", 340 pounds, very similar to, well... Similar to Michael Pierce's listed height and weight of six foot three forty five, <laughs> I, you know, Michael Pierce, I, th- I think plays at a at a bigger weight than three forty five, but you know he's got the build of a guy who could step in. Uh, Michael Pierce was an undrafted guy, so Dylan Mack being a late round pick doesn't you know kind of falls in the same line as what Pierce was. Um, so he's a fallback, definitely. I'm looking at the guys that are on this list. Derek Wolf is interesting. I just don't know if he's someone I would prioritize in free agents when you have pass rushers and wide receiver as another need. Calais Campbell, he I I would not want him just because of how long he's been in the league. I mean, he's really up there in age right now. I would want the Ravens to go somewhere younger. Yeah, Chris Jones would be excellent, but the Ravens probably have too many other needs to to give him a big contract i think Derek wolf makes a lot of sense guys i think we're all thinking he might be a really good pick i will say i suspect pecco will be back with the ravens i think it makes a lot of sense he had a lot of fun here he contributed well and i don't think he'll be too high of a price tag michael pierce is probably definitely gonna walk and mac is a huge question mark like you said i don't think he'll solve the problem of pass rush he feels like more of a run stuffer to me, but would love to be proven wrong. I think Chris Jones is outside of our price range, particularly if we tag or do anything with Judon or he's just gonna he's gonna command a huge amount of money. I feel like it'd be great if we could draft a guy like that, but at the twenty eighth pick, uh doesn't feel very likely either. <laughs> so yeah, I think we're in a bit of a bind. But uh Derek Wolf, maybe he's the savior. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely think the Ravens are going to have to draft somebody. I mean, the the good news is is you know Michael Pierce was an undrafted guy. Probably find uh, somebody similar to that. Not saying we'll find another Michael Pierce, but we might be able to find somebody like that in one of the later rounds or you know in the undrafted uh, free agent pool. You know, one uh, I know one guy that was mentioned uh, this past off season who you know could have been a uh, a sleeper from that undrafted free agent pool was uh gerald willis but uh the ravens cut him at the end of the preseason and decided to keep max so the ravens have to see something something in mac to be able to keep him keep him around but yeah i i think if i had to guess we'd probably bring in one of these probably bring in a free agent 
on on the D-line. Um, I don't know if it's Pecco and another guy or just Pecco, but I would definitely not be surprised if we go and draft D-line in uh, one of the later rounds, maybe in you know the fourth, fifth round or something. So no Leonard Williams He's for the Ravens? He's staying with the Jets? <sighs> I don't know, man. I... <laughs> It's so hard to speculate how much money these guys are going to get paid outside of like the very, very top free agents. You're just like, man, oh, this guy's not even going to, you know, he's going to just get a blank check. He's going to get all this money. He's not going <laughs> to, you know, but beyond that, it's just like, I don't know. How do, how, do team, how do teams value these players? How do they know how many millions of dollars they're worth relative to like the cap? It's, it's, a, it's a much harder job than, than I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we... we we're all shocked last year when we saw the contracts that uh, Mosley and, and Sidarius were getting. Yeah, with the cap increasing potentially next year, like it could get even crazier. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like I said at the top, you patch your team through free agency and it, it, it can hinder you when you try to resign your own guys. So, you got to be very careful and deliberate about these pickups. You got to like them a lot more than somebody on your team or what you think somebody on your team is going to be ever. Or you're going to end up having a lot of people walk that you like. So I feel like there's you know teams like the Ravens. We just produce a lot of good players for the NFL. We can't keep them all because if we did, like if, in a world where you draft a person and they're, they're yours for life unless you trade them, like I think the Ravens are probably one of the best teams in the NFL, right? <laughs> but that's not how it works. There's a salary gap. <laughs> yeah, they might be. It's unfortunate it doesn't work that way, you know. <laughs> I think it'd be interesting if it did, though, in a way. Like, because <laughs> it would really make you want to draft. Like, you, I think you take your player selection even more seriously than you do, and, and it's already taken extremely seriously, so. Well, I mean, that's how, that's how football was before free agency. Yeah. Moving on to the next position we have down here is inside linebacker. What I noticed going through this is... Just the way the NFL is uh, constructed these days with how defenses are built. Inside linebacker isn't as high profile of a position as it used to be. I feel like back in the day, like the casual NFL fan knew a lot more inside linebackers. You know, obviously Ray Lewis, but also Brian Urlacher, James Farrier, uh, Zach Thomas. But I don't know about you guys. Like I'm looking through some of these names and there's some guys who look intriguing on paper but i'll admit outside of uh blake martinez i don't really know terribly much about joe schobert or Corey littleton but the the write-ups on those guys make them sound intriguing yeah i mean i think the biggest name on the list Corey littleton out of the la rams the uh the problems that the la rams have with uh cap space i think are well documented so i just (laughs) i don't think there's a way that they could bring him back but he definitely seems like the best free agent um, out of the inside linebacker pool. You know, kind of what Alex said earlier about inside linebackers feels like a position that we probably don't need to spend a whole lot of money on. You know, if I had a guy on this list that interested me, I'd actually probably go Joe Schobert. I'm surprised, Peter. You actually don't haven't noticed him a little bit because, uh, you know, he seems to at least stand out to me a little bit whenever we play the Browns. Um, generally, he's... You know, I've seen him as kind of like a guy who racks up a lot of tackles. I believe he's wears the green dot for the Browns. You know, so he's got some football IQ and you know ability to keep the defense, you know, in check. Might be uh, 
you know, kind of like a good younger veteran pickup who, you know, could play that Josh Bynes role if we, you know, decide to not re-sign Bynes. But again, I'm not sure how much money he's going to command. If I had to make a bet on this, I'd say that, you know, the Ravens try to draft somebody who might be able to play that role, the the Mike role, um, kind of like what we did with Mosley a couple years ago. And um, yeah, I mean, we'll kind of roll with... uh, with Clark and our uh, our Dimebackers as um you know as we need to depending on which packages that we're in. Josh Bynes still has a beer ticket to use with me. We still have to go get a beer. <laughs> so he we has to be resigned. <laughs> what uh what 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 episode did you offer this beer for? Was that the Candidly I forgot I did. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we've referenced it on on multiple episodes. It, both it's both I Josh think, Bynes and LJ Fort. You offered both yeah, of them. I, I I remember saying that for both of them. I just forget what game it was. Was it the was it the Steelers game or the Houston game? I don't think it would be the Houston game because we were at that game. I, I don't know, but yeah, man. Look, I've been reminded that Josh Bynes needs a beer. I also just like him, so I think I had going into this you know segment. I really want to bring Josh Bynes back. I don't know what you want to call it, but I love keeping guys on the Ravens who have, you know, history. And he was on the Super Bowl team. He came back. He was kind of like a savior, helped turn around the season. And I just, I like that story. So keep him around. <laughs> Maybe I'm too sentimental, but I, I like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if he wants to come back, his contract's not going to break the bank. I don't, I don't see why as a journeyman who, you know, played, well last year but was he spectacular standout I I don't think so I mean he really was just a guy who the Ravens you know called him up and were just like we need someone who knows how to play the position and isn't going to kill us and Bynes was like I'm your guy and that's what he did he (laughs) did everything right rarely did anything spectacularly I mean there were some some plays we made he had some good plays man he did he had some good high football IQ plays oh yeah and I'm not I'm not discounting that I'm just saying like I don't think he had a ton of those plays and I think the Ravens could upgrade there but he's also a guy who's who's definitely can be a holdover until the Ravens find the next guy hopefully in the draft or as a undrafted free agent they're able to to uh to mold and like we're saying, inside linebacker in today's NFL, it's not like when we had Ray Lewis. It's not really a a position of of huge need to to build a winner compared to other positions. I mean, unless we find the next Ray Lewis, in which case, hell yeah, man, put him in every play. <laughs> I, sure. Yeah, I don't know. I this is maybe off topic, but I do question if Ray Lewis is is as effective in in today's. NFL as he was back in the early 2000s when you had a lot more rush-oriented offenses and not all these uh, spread concepts. Oh, sure. I mean, you probably want a guy more like, you know, Luke Keekley or somebody. But uh, but now you get you find a Hall of Fame player in the draft. You know, you, uh, you put that Hall of Fame player on your team. <laughs> like... <laughs> like you know <laughs> you put, like if, if you had to pick between a hall of fame player or a position of need you pick the hall of fame player like come on <laughs> it's best player available mentality you gotta go for that well left out of this conversation is peanut this man's making pleas on twitter that he can play the mic position posting old videos of uh baldy talking about his downhill playing techniques uh i'm sorry peanut 
I don't see you coming back to the Ravens. And that's just because you saw your playing time decrease steadily this season. Gone spats with Harbaugh. And that's just not a recipe for a comeback. So good luck. <laughs> but uh, I don't see it happening here. Maybe we'll do a trade. Maybe the Packers will pick up Peanut and then uh, we can go pick up Mr. Blake. <laughs> hmm. Uh, there, there's, Feels doubtful. There's, there's, pro- there's like I, I'd say there's, there's not a zero percent chance he's back, but I don't know the scenario in my head. In which case, like it might be a good idea for him to come back. Is let's say, let's say we draft an inside linebacker who's like the next Mike position, right? He's like the next CJ Mosley, right? And he and we draft him with the expectation that this guy is going to be a starter day one and going to be a good player, right? If we felt that confident about this type of player and we knew that we had that position knocked down, I'd say there might be a non-zero chance that we resign Peanut because then at least we know at that point, like, okay, this guy is not going to play the mic. Not his position at all, right? That means we can try to put it in positions to do what he did best, which is playing next to a guy like CJ Mosley where he didn't have to make decisions about, you know, where to go to stop the running back. He was just like, nope, I'm going to go blitz through this gap and sack the quarterback, or I'm going to punch this ball out of this guy's hands because, you know, he's got ball, I punch it out. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that's that's where he was really good. He was really effective in that in, in 2018 and just could not do that at all in 2019, and, you know, for a variety of reasons. But if we really had solidified that spot, like, you know, he could be, you know, that would really put him in a good position be able to come back and do that you know and he might also realize that too but it, you know it really relies on the Ravens finding a guy in the other spot that they're like okay this guy's gonna lock it down like we are extremely confident we got this guy you know because otherwise you know why spend that money on peanut when you know that he can't slide over and, and fit into that role that's just not what he's good at well, let's hold up before we say that Peanut didn't do anything last year. Let's not forget that he was the guy who uh, who stripped Julian Edelman in that Sunday night football game and allowed Marlon Humphrey to take that back and swing momentum back in the Ravens' biggest win of the year last year. And also, Peanut had that great strip on Antonio Gates to basically propel the Ravens into the playoffs in 2018. Oh, yeah, that was great. I, for the right price, I would actually love Peanut back. He's limited, absolutely, but if the Ravens are able to get someone in the draft, I think there's there's certainly still he's certainly still great in certain situations. Now, you know, you just can't have him do anything outside of what that the skill is, and maybe the Ravens will will determine that's uh, that there's not enough room on the roster for for someone who is just going to be a very situational player but yeah I I wouldn't be against him coming back but I think the Ravens trying to find someone who who does what he does and some other things as well should be the priority definitely I mean like you know with, with all these free agents on the roster too I mean we've talked about a lot of these guys about you know oh we'd love to have him back at the right price and I think to clarify kind of what that means too is like you know, you, you can't you can't bring back all these guys for small contracts. You know, it's you know financially, it's just not going to work because you know everybody's going to be desired. Other teams are going to want players. They're going to drive up prices and things like that. So salary cap definitely is an issue. But the other thing is too is that like 
although our coaching staff was really good at trying to fit pieces together to get players in the best positions as possible, you know, if you can find a guy who either is, you know, really locks down a position or is very versatile and can play, you know, either be really good depth or, you know, play a multiple packages or, or something like that, you know, I feel like those are the guys you got to really try to go for first because then one, I mean, you know, if you have a guy who's just really good at position that, you know, it's a lock, you know, that, that person's going to play that. And like, you know, that's used for a lot of packages and, you know, just, it, it fills a lot of holes basically. And then the versatility obviously is like everywhere else, you know, is filled in, but yeah, with a guy like peanut, the problem is, is like, you know, he's not either of those categories, but he's like the third category of like, well, you know, he could be really, really effective, but he's not versatile, but like only in certain positions. So it's like, I don't know. You can't, you can, I feel like you, you can't have all free agents like that because as much as like Wink is going to go back into his lab and fit together all these defensive schemes and stuff, like I feel like there's a limit to like how much we can really get out of a player like Peanut. You know, there's only so many positions, so many packages that we can throw together to to put this guy in like the best position. At some point, it might just be worth to just say like, you know, hey, we gotta, you know, we drafted this guy and he can do, you know, eighty percent of what you do do plus all this other stuff, and you know, we want to go this route. So it's it's definitely tricky, but I agree with you, Peter. I I wouldn't be against bringing this guy back, you know, at the right price, uh, especially if we lock down another position. But yeah, just thinking out loud, I guess it's uh, it's it's definitely an interesting equation that the the Ravens front office and is going to have to uh, figure out over the next couple of months. Shifting over to the offensive side of the ball, we all mentioned that wide receiver is a place of interest, and this is one of the places I took more time to research because I will actually be doing a skills position show with uh, Ken Cusick of Film Study next week. I think there's some interesting guys in this class. If money was no object, there's definitely someone I would love to have, but unfortunately it is an object. Looking at the team, Seth Roberts and Chris Moore are going to be leaving. DeAnthony Thomas as well, actually. It's worth talking about. So I don't think any of those guys are coming back. Maybe Thomas as a returner, but that's a very fluid position, so I wouldn't bet on it. It sounds like you guys agree about Seth Roberts. Yeah, I mean, Seth Roberts, when I remember when we signed him back in, what was it, early April of 2019, you know, our reaction and, and the collective reaction of Ravens fans, I feel like, was kind of like, you know, what? <laughs> it was kind of an odd signing to, on the start with. We've talked multiple times about how, yes, Seth Roberts had a good game against the Ravens in 2018. Anyone can have a good game, uh, but he just, he really hasn't done terribly much in his NFL career so far, and he also didn't really seem like he really bought into what the team was doing. He definitely seemed like someone who was frustrated with the targets he was getting and his limited role in the offense, which I can sympathize with. I mean, you know, he came here as a free agent. I think he saw the landscape of what was here, uh, a bunch of young players and Willie Sneed, and he thought that maybe this was a chance to be a number one receiver. I don't know, but I I think he was already kind of on thin ice with the coaching staff because of that before the playoff game. And 
he had two, surprisingly during the season, he didn't have any drops, but those two drops that he did have in the playoffs, the second one in particular has been overstated how that one would have been a almost certainly a touchdown and a huge momentum shift if he had caught that. And the Ravens need more reliable veteran receivers, and that's not going to cut it. I think the weird thing was him getting mad at, at Ryan Mink when he... Right. Yeah, that, that was kind of weird. Uh, I guess he must have tweeted something about Robert's performance, and it, it wasn't like an opinion. I think it was like a fact, and then like called him out on Twitter or something, which is kind of a weird thing to do. But yeah, it definitely showcases kind of the uh, frustration I think that he had with his role here. You know, um, I mean, I'm not against it. I just don't, yeah, I just, I, I don't see him, unless he really changes his tune, I just, I don't see him wanting to come back. And, you know, that's fine, you know. We should be able to get a similar level of production out of, you know, somebody else. And, you know, hopefully that, you know, other person really buys in and wants to be here. So, but I am really curious though, Alec, who is, who's the guy that you want? I I think I know who it is, but I'm going to, I'm going to let you say it. Well, Chris, you have an unfair advantage. You can see the show notes. So I think you do know who it is, but can I name a few other people real quick before I get there? (laughs) Build suspense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or do you want me just to... Because I, I feel like if I tell you the guy I want, I can't talk about these other guys that I think are interesting. I, <laughs> I won't overrule Chris, but I don't want to deny you of your of your s- suspense. You seem really excited about this. Go ahead, man. What are, your, what are your takes on the wide receiver landscape? All right. Amari Cooper. The guy's a baller. He's going to be too much money, though. So I don't think he's going to be the guy, even though he does everything I said. He'll catch the ball. Great route runner. Like He'll give you confidence. Even though he's had those disappearing games, those are mostly in Oakland, and that's just a failed franchise. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Amari Cooper is extremely interesting, but he's going to be too many Delores. AJ Green, I'm not in on that guy. I, I hate what he did against us. He could still have something in the tank, but I'm not about to put a bunch of money to find out. Here's one that we have to talk about. X-Factor, Brashad Perryman. <sighs> he, he's a free agent, and I think if you can get it for one or two mil bring them on but everyone else is against this <laughs> i've been roasted in the show notes wait 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 brashad perryman's your guy no 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 no. he's not my guy okay i'm just okay. saying i wouldn't be against if like you know for a couple of mil he wants to come through but y'all are like absolutely not i'm not touching this guy yeah i'm literally looking at this post on reddit from here with the screenshot of him in the tampa bay uniform and it's like no this is not happening <laughs> I, I wish the guy the best, and I do hope he, he has a career in the NFL, but I still got to see more from the guy. I mean, his his big games last year were all against crab passing defenses, like three t- passing touchdown catches, sure, but it was against Detroit. And then, you know, he had a really big first half against Houston, but we saw that pretty much every Ravens receiver had a great first half against Houston when the Ravens played them this year. I, eh. He he definitely looks like he may have turned the corner, but I got to see it against much better pass defenses before I believe he's he's made it personally. Well, here's my question, Peter. I'm not saying he's made it, but if you gave him the exact same deal, one year, about $2 million, like you gave Seth Roberts, do you hate it? Yes, and for this reason, I I just I think it's best for both the Ravens and Perryman to just for Perryman to find his way on a different team. And you've already got a project receiver in Boykin. 
And I think Miles Boykin looks like he has a higher ceiling than Perryman does. He just ha- looks like he has a, a stronger body and already in that one preseason game we watched looked more polished than Perryman ever looked early in his career here. So I, I just feel like there's only so many snaps to go around. I'm assuming Lamar is going to pass more in this upcoming year, but still, you know, we're probably going to pass less than most teams. I would much rather have Boykin taking any potential Brashad Perryman targets, in my personal opinion. Sure. I'm cool with that. And I think the thing is, it's important to recognize what you just said in that X factor going to any other team is not the same as him coming back to the Ravens who put a first round pick on this guy. There's a lot more story, a lot more drama, a lot more like pent up feelings about him. And that's not just from the fan base, probably even the coaching staff. So I agree. It, it is a messier pickup. So I get what you're saying. So I've got two guys. I'll save my number one for last. I think Emmanuel Sanders is a very interesting option. He fits that vet pedigree. He, has balled out for years. And although I worry about him being too old and slowing down, he had the big injury, you know, to recover from last offseason. He came back strong. So I think he probably has another year or two in him. And I think when you're looking at these free agents, you're looking for a guy who's a year or two as you develop rookies. So it's not the worst thing. My other guy. My number one pick, so to speak, is Randall Cobb. So he's probably going to be a pretty cheap guy, an older slot receiver with good hands. He feels like a guy that Eric DeCosta would be about, and I think he could build a good rapport with Lamar. I guess my biggest question is if Cobb is that huge of an upgrade over Snead. I would say he's a bit of an upgrade, but not huge. And Snead's kind of looking at, at that third wide receiver spot. So... I don't know. Oh, and I I just want to throw out there. People have been tying us to Roby Anderson. No. I think it's crazy. No. I think it's crazy. (laughs) We don't want him. garbage. (laughs) All he he has is speed. We got speed. We got plenty of speed. There's speed all over the field. We don't need him. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. No, I... Wow, I thought you were going to go Emmanuel Sanders was going to be your guy. Uh, He's kind of my guy out of the free agent pickup uh, pool here. I really wanted him when um, Denver was put him on the trade block last year. Um, unfortunately, San Francisco picked him up. I think, honestly, that's going to be the biggest thing since he made it to the Super Bowl. I feel like he, you know, if he comes back, he wants to uh, stay in San Francisco and uh, deal with that unfinished business. I really like him, though, as, you know, as, as a receiver. You know, he he totally fits into that Steve Smith type role. I think uh, that we could really use Cobb. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I would not have I would have not have thought of Cobb as as being the uh, wide receiver to target. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's a little older, but he's kind of a guy that struck me as like he had a lot of unrealized potential. I think never really truly lived up to that. I'm really not sure if he's a guy I would lean on to be like my uh, veteran receiver in the locker room here. I'm not sure if he's the guy that I would want. I think I want Emmanuel Sanders more too. I just am, I'm saying who I think it might be more realistic because of what you said about Emmanuel Sanders and probably wanting to stay at the 49ers. Well, 
I'll start by saying I agree with everything you guys are saying about Sanders. Um, at 32 years old, he's a little older, but you know, like you said, he does fit the role of a guy who who's been around, who's who's played the position well, and he didn't have a problem with being a lower option in San Francisco than George Kittle and um, Debo Samuel. I do agree. You know, he got traded to San Francisco and went all the way to the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Ravens have a good op- a good chance to get back to the Super Bowl as well. Probably better than San Francisco, although maybe that's our our purple glasses bias uh, bleeding through there. But yeah, I I would uh, I would be surprised if he didn't resign with San Francisco. Honestly, with Randall Cobb, I just don't know if Randall Cobb has ever in his career been fit the role of a guy who who you you know you can just lock on and and move the chains with and can just take over a game. Um, not that Sanders is going to do that a lot at this stage in his career, but you know he has the potential to do that. I get what you're saying with with how Cobb might be a DeCosta signing, but to me at this stage in Cobb's career, I know he had a decent season with Dallas last year, 800 receiving yards, although a lot of that was kind of in like a a short 3 to 4 game span. I know that because I played Cobb for two weeks at the end of that span in fantasy and paid for it. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, well, we'll see. I haven't heard any reports linking the Ravens to Cobb. So I guess we can discuss that more if it becomes a pertinent topic. (laughs) Yeah, I know there's been a lot of talk about AJ Green. The, The injury risk there is definitely significant, I think, especially, you know, especially with him seeming like he kind of just like sat out last year i i know cincinnati isn't the best organization but that's not really a uh, you know it's it's not really a great look for you know him becoming a free agent of like oh you know if things go bad on a new team are you going to kind of do the same thing but i mean all of us should know firsthand that if we're looking for a guy who could you know you could target you can lean on and that could take over games uh this is the guy to a t (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so if the Ravens think he has anything left in the tank, I would have to think that they have to look at him at least a little bit. I certainly think he would have more upside than Randall Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. I also just don't see what the scenario is. Is it a one-year, $7 million, $8 million contract? A prove-it contract? I think it might be. I think it might be, man. He's, he's, he's got his money from Cincinnati, man. He doesn't... I mean, I'm. I don't think he's looking for more money at this point. He just wants to go to a team that's going to win, because you know he made well, the that's playoffs. Well, that's Yeah, he made the playoffs like once, 2015. They made it to the divisional game, lost to the Steelers. Haven't done anything since. I feel like he just wants to win. I feel like he's just tired of Cincinnati and wants to get out. Dude, they didn't. They didn't make the divisional game. They they uh, lost in the wild card. Bengals never. Oh, made. Was it the wild card? Yeah, Bengals never made it to the divisional that's, under Marvin Lewis. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was the uh, infamous uh, Burfick game. If Burfick yeah, like the- hadn't laid out AB in that game, the Bengals would have actually won that game with AJ McCarron starting. Right. That was like the uh, NFL SmackDown playoff game, right? Yeah, basically. Another guy that I thought was interesting on the list, but I just don't think is worth the time and attention, is Danny Amendola. <laughs> Pass. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> best years so, are behind like, him. That's a- oh, sure. And I think. I think that's the hard part about this this list is that you have a couple guys that are like potentially ballers, but they have some huge 
question marks just with age and, and injuries with Sanders and, and Green. Cooper is a baller straight up, but he's going to be too much money. And and then, yeah, you got, I mean, Cobb, I don't think is a baller per se, but I think he might be a guy who steps in and, and produces for a little bit. So, yeah, it's a tough one. I feel like I, I would trust any receiver that comes from the Patriots outside of, like, you know, Randy Moss. He looks, you know, Amendola looks so much better with Tom Brady throwing him the ball. You know, he definitely had his, his best years, I think, there. But, you know, if you can't even reproduce any of that on Detroit, I know they have Galladay, who's probably taking up most of the targets, but it's not like they have a lot of great other options on the offense. I mean, it's not like they did that much this year at all, to be honest. But, you know, you couldn't even carve out a role in the Lions. Like, come on. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel good about this guy. I feel like, you know, Seth Roberts and Willie Sneed are more than enough than uh than Amendola. I don't think he'd add anything to this team. Yeah, he's also thirty four years old. I mean he's he's up there. Yeah, he's been around a while. What's funny about Amendola, if you look at his stats, is like he's actually insanely consistent with his time with the Rams, Patriots and Miami and Detroit. When the guy's healthy, he gets almost exactly within the range of of 600 to 650 receiving yards and anywhere from one to four touchdowns nothing more nothing less that's like (laughs) that's what you get from this guy (laughs) yeah which doesn't strike me so another like i don't know tent pole of free agency is i don't want it to be a distraction from like building your own young talent and i feel like that's what he would be so i'd rather pick up a guy and let him grow in a role than some old guy who's just going to eat up snaps we got to stop calling these guys old guys, guys. We're not that much further behind. <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> On that note, we've gone through a lot of players, a lot of talk about where the Ravens stand at these positions. It's going to be really interesting to watch in the coming weeks to see what the Ravens are going to do, what other teams are going to do, how that's going to affect the Ravens. I'm excited, man. This is probably, you know... We're, we're finally seeing the first fruits of the 2020 season and what we're hoping can be a big redemption year for the Ravens, and it's all going to start with free agency and the draft. Well, I highly recommend any free agent to come to the Ravens at a discounted price because we are so close, and y'all want a ring. You want that glory. You want to be a part of a parade. So uh, come on through. We'd love to see you. Just like we'd love to see you subscribe in your favorite podcast app of choice, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Find us on Twitter, Ravens underscore recap. You can email us, feedback at ravensrecap.com. Tell a friend, fill in the void of the offseason. Used to watch a game for three hours on Sunday. Listen to our pod for like an hour. We're more exciting than the XFL. More exciting than the XFL, potentially. We were at the first EC Defenders game. Uh, I don't know what to say other than Matt Elam looked like himself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah That's if true. you want to hear more about the X- xfl and the fact that you should never try to park down at uh <laughs> audi stadium <laughs> let us know but with that we're gonna wrap it up we'll be back soon